0: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Jagai, editor of StillCurtain.com. And joining me, as always, is Shane Kubis, contributor for Still Curtain. The Justin Fields news is not going away anytime soon. Shane, we're going to talk about how the odds just skyrocketed up for Steelers to land him and we're going to talk about uh, weighing Justin Fields compared to the other quarterback options the Steelers could potentially uh, obtain this offseason. Uh, we're also going to break down uh, the next wave of roster moves that could be coming for Pittsburgh. So let's start things off, Shane, with the news today. And that is three players have been released uh, by the Steelers early this week. Quarterback Mitch Trubisky, uh, offensive tackle Chokuma Okorafor, and punter Presley the III. These moves were expected. We didn't know that they would come this soon. I'm glad that they're kind of just getting ahead of the game right now. Yeah. We didn't know if that would wait until closer to free agency, what have you. Uh, but all three of these moves, I think, were expected. The first two for financial reasons, because you could not justify going into the 2024 season with Trubisky as your QB three and the cap hit that he was about to have. Uh, <laughs> and then a core four. Uh, I want to talk about here in a second Uh, But he also had a very large cap number based because of that contract. This extension, the Steelers gave him during the 2022 offseason. We'll spend some time talking about that in a second. And then Presley Harvin uh, was not contract related at all. His contract was dirt cheap as a as a seventh round pick. But the performance was just awful (laughs) this year. And so we knew that they couldn't uh, return with him as the punter uh, going forward into next season. So what do you make of these uh, decisions so far, Shane? Like you said,
1: most of these, especially the first two, were going to have to happen, right? Like, Trubisky, yeah. you can't keep on this team. Between his level of play on the field when he's been able to play for us and just the cap hit, like you said, he's going to be the third quarterback most likely, to, regardless of who is brought mm-hmm. in, to compete with Kenny, if there is someone. like, We kind of know the book on him at this point, right? So he he was going to be done. A quarter four, you would have liked to be able to maybe get something for, but the way his season ended where he was benched for – stuff that we don't know exactly the details on like i think that probably made some teams wary of him and also his cap hit while isn't huge for a semi starting left t- or excuse me right tackle is still big enough where teams probably just said you know what if you want to get rid of him you're not to cut him so they did and then harvin unfortunately as much as we would have loved to see him turn out you just cannot be that inconsistent as a punter in the league when there's mm-hmm. so much roster turnover at that position usually
0: Yeah, and it's funny how they phrase this too for Trubisky, like, "Oh, we're we decided to mutually part." (laughs) It's like I'm sure he you didn't have a choice in the matter. I mean, you were going to go, and and probably what happened is the Steelers did him the courtesy of saying, "Hey, yeah, like like, he wants to leave too, and and,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: so it's uh, I mean, he wasn't coming back either way. Like this was it was one of the three easiest uh, salary cap decisions I outlined for the Steelers in an Mm. earlier article. The accord for one is interesting, Shane, because he's a a a twenty. Seven-year-old tackle, I believe, at this point that was yeah, four years. Of experience, he just absolutely tanked his trade value. I think the Steelers yeah. kind of did that. And I feel like I know that a core four is not good. I think he should honestly he should be somebody's swing tackle, but ideally, yeah. Good tackles are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was it at some point at least before the the benching and essentially never seeing the field again. It was reasonable to think the Steelers could have flipped him for like a fifth or sixth round pick fifth maybe he's a little bit on the high end but he was he was on so the Steelers will pay his guarantees but he would have had a a base salary this coming year of 4.75 million like that's really really cheap for a tackle with four years of starting experience and so somebody would want him I I, like him or not like Chris Hubbard is still floating around the league. Like these he, guys he, are not. would valuable. be an
1: upgrade for some teams. He would. Like, and that's not saying that he would be like this huge upgrade, but I mean, look at the Jets' tackle situation last year and the mm-hmm. Titans. Like, there's probably teams he could have gone to and been a positive influence on the play of their offensive line. Not that he was maybe worth being like a long term starter, like we were hoping he would be when they signed the contract for him, but. Again, this is this guy that is still relatively young. Like he's played a lot, but he hasn't, you know, been in the league so long that he should be regressing necessarily. He just kind of is what he is. Like ideally, a swing mm-hmm. tackle, like you said, a solid if unspectacular right tackle whenever you whenever he's playing well. And yeah, you would like to get a pick for him, but the way his season ended, like you said, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Like a team can't justify trading an asset for a guy who was literally told yeah. to sit down, basically because of what he did, whatever it was that he said mm-hmm. or whatever. Like. You, you can't take a chance on that guy except for as like a minimum, like vet type of deal that he'll probably get from somebody in the off season.
0: Yeah. And I was quietly optimistic that they would be able to do something with that, but you're yeah. right. Like once they benched him for supposed whatever, disciplinary right. reasons, like I think it was a comment that he said <laughs> yeah. and when the Steelers were getting blown out or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's not going to help your trade yeah. value there, but uh, in a perfect world, you would love to be able to flip that guy for maybe like a six round pick and a conditional day yeah. three pick because, He could have went to a team that needs tackle competition, uh, a potential starter at that spot. And the price would have been right because the Steelers already paid his guarantees. That's besides the point he's gone. Now, Uh, the Steelers cleared up $10 million with his departure, which was something that was necessary. 8.75 million. Uh, His cap number would have been eight or 11.83 million this year. So a good chunk of money. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, like on paper, the Steelers are still in the hole. They can get out of that pretty easily with just a couple more moves. Uh, and clear up substantial cap space. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the show, though. Uh, another thing that was interesting came out earlier this week, Shane, is a report from, I believe this was the the trio of uh, NFL Network guys, the, the insiders from NFL Network. They said that Mason Rudolph reportedly wants a fresh start with the team. I mean, we don't know. like Mason Rudolph has obviously not come out and commented on this, but – It would not be surprising in the least to see that he would want a fresh start. Uh, He's been here for a while with the Steelers, knowing that if he comes back, Tomlin has already given an endorsement to Kenny Pickett. They're set to add more quarterback competition. And even without Trubisky, like he had officially obviously passed Trubisky on the depth chart. Now he could go back to being the third string guy again, depending on who they bring. Uh, There's just no incentive for him to come back. And I kind of stated that as soon as the season was over.
1: Yeah, unless he's told by the team during the offseason as we go through the process that he's going to be brought back specifically to compete for the starting job, there's really no reason for him to come back here unless we happen to offer the most money, which I doubt would be the case, right? So what he should be doing with what he got, the opportunity that he had at the end of the season, is just trying to cash in on a backup deal somewhere. Like, make some good money, go back somebody up. You're not going to get a competition for a starting job anywhere, I don't think, you know. There just isn't openings that are that wide open that, you know, Mason Rudolph's going to come in yeah. and take that job. I don't think so, at least. So good for him that he got that opportunity, though, because I do think it's going to lead to a relatively lucrative backup gig somewhere, at least, you know, compared to what he had been making or what he made last year. So, you know, I'm hoping that for him, but you're right. I doubt unless it is a true, like, we want you to come and compete with Kenny mm-hmm. and that's all that we do outside of maybe drafting like a late round quarterback to be the third third uh, quarterback. I don't see the reason why he'd want to come back here.
0: Yeah, and I think that Rudolph is betting on himself. He had that strong 3-game stretch to close out the season. And so I think that I think there's a solid chance he could be somebody's QB2. I don't think it happens in Pittsburgh because the Steelers spent the draft capital on yeah. Kenny Pickett. And knowing that they intend to bring in more competition, whether that's a Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, whatever they want to do there, it could could push uh, Rudolph further down the depth chart. And Mm -hmm. he's been there. He's done that. Doesn't want to do it again, I'm sure, especially when I'm sure he felt that he was the best option on the roster and kind of proved to be that way, at least for a short chunk of time Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the season there. Uh, One more thing that I wanted to address from the news this week, and that is Field Yates just came out with his Uh, mock draft, the ESPN insider. Mm -hmm. He has the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback with the 20th overall pick. Uh, Obviously this ruffled some feathers uh, with, with the Steelers fan base on Twitter. Shane, what would you, uh, how would you feel about this early in the process here?
1: So my main issue is for me, I did get through the top six quarterback, the consensus top six quarterbacks, yeah. and Nick's did finish fourth for me out of those six guys. He, I did have a late first, yeah. early second on him, so this isn't terrible like value in terms of what I think of him as a player. The problem, I think, is if you're the Steelers, like there's no reason for you to take a swing on a quarterback unless it's somebody who has legit upside, because you have a quarterback in Kenny Pickett that doesn't turn the ball over, that can make some plays here and there. like you you have one of those low ceiling kind of guys nicks is a better prospect in my opinion by a decent amount yeah. than Kenny was i think he's a better athlete i think his arm is a little bit better He he makes better decisions overall than than kenny did coming out of college especially and so he would be an upgrade in my opinion the problem is is he enough of one when you have a lot of issues and a lot of premium talent probably going to be on the board at corner at tackle maybe even interior offensive line that's my main takeaway from that is not so much a terrible value, but not maybe the right position to be taking if you are staying at 20.
0: Yeah. I like your assessment on that, Shane. And, and I feel like it's important for fans to not get caught up in the fact that, well, Pickett was the number one quarterback in his class. And Nix might be like the four or five in this class. Right. This class is way different. different, than class. <laughs> class. different so, class. And, and I agree with you as well. There's no doubt in my mind that Bo Nix would have been the number one quarterback had the timeline lined up right, right, and he had just come off of this Oregon season, yeah, uh, in 2022 to enter the draft, he would have been picked over Pickett. I don't have any For reserves sure. about that. Yeah, I don't have any at all. He's just he's just a, a better, more talented player. He's got better arm talent. His season was phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. Fifty one touch, total touchdowns, three interceptions. One of those bounced right off the hands of of his receiver, and so an excellent year in terms of big play. Uh, rate compared to turnover worthy rate rate mm-hmm. uh nobody's arguing with the numbers at all because the numbers game w- was excellent this year but like you said is it enough of an upgrade to take a first round flyer on this and that's where i would be a little bit leery and maybe uh, a little bit more conservative there if a guy like this falls to the second round by all means like throw oh sure a yeah i mean at that but so,
1: again, like, do we expect that with with yeah. how many teams need quarterbacks? I think it's more likely goes top fifteen than outside the first round at this point. Mm-hmm. Now things are going to change as we go through the draft process, but yeah, he just it feels like because of the fact that he is a relatively clean prospect now after his Auburn
0: days are kind of behind him. I have a hard time thinking he'll fall that far, honestly. Yeah, I do too. And he put together two good years, and and yeah, Shane, I think in a lot of ways, like these insiders. They hear things, they, they know what teams like. And I think mm-hmm. that the fact that Nick's has already been mocked inside the top 20, top 15 before yep. it shows that teams are probably higher on him than, than the, uh, just the average football fans are right now. For so sure. something sure. to keep an eye on. And obviously we always track where Mike Tomlin is, Omar Khan is during yeah, the scouting be trail. I think sure. that is such a big thing in all this. And, and we yeah. really had that pick narrowed down, uh, th- this past year. And I I think I actually predicted Broderick Jones right there. Broderick Jones and Joey Porter were like the guys that was going back and forth. They got both of them. I think the
1: four most commonly mocked players for me was, were their first four picks of the draft. Well, for three at four, which is crazy. Yeah. Because we knew, right? Like we knew what they were looking for. So,
0: Oh yeah. They, they definitely tipped their hat to what they're doing. I don't expect that to change as long as Mike Tomlin is here. Uh, He he makes it very clear what he likes and other teams (laughs) do as well. We just don't, we don't research them as much quite as we do for the Steelers, yeah, but we will definitely keep an eye if they have interest in the scouting trail uh, in the quarterback department this year, because I think that's going to be very telling. Like, if these guys yeah. come in for visits, then it's something that we cannot rule out for sure. For sure. Uh, we will talk about that uh, at a later date here. All right. Uh, the Still Curtain Podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new daily fantasy user. Make sure you use code fansided 2 When signing up to receive your deposit match, please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. All right, Shane, let's move on to our big discussion topic of the day. And obviously that's centered around quarterback Justin Fields because this is a topic that is not going away. Uh, We talked about it last week. That was our main topic last week, in fact. But it has heated up since then, Shane, because now suddenly the Pittsburgh Steelers have the highest odds uh, of landing Justin Fields next year, uh, according to multiple outlets. And the latest that I have up here, NBC Sports Bet, they have fields at plus 100. I think it was FanDuel Sports had him at minus 125. The odds uh, that mm-hmm. uh, fields would be on the Steelers next year. And DraftKings was at plus 110, if I recall. And so these uh, sp- these sports betting outlets now, are they're putting the Steelers at more likely than the Bears – uh, for the team that Justin Fields is going to be on next year, and in in some ways, in some ways, Shane, it does make sense. I know the Bears are going to move on from him. I think Caleb yeah, Williams we have fell to into their lap here. Point. Yeah. So I would be shocked if he's if, if he's not, because it just seems like just such an easy decision for them to make to kind of turn the page on one. You've getting new uh, coaching in in the building, and then you're able to draft your guy. And so we're going to look at uh maybe some of these other teams that may or may not fit Justin Fields and so maybe we can see a reason as to why the Steelers would be favored so highly in this regard do you think that those odds are fair like or or do you think that it's just kind of like obscure like who would bet on this kind of stuff right so for me I think there's two things you look at there's the Adam Schefter quote
1: on I think it was McAfee show where he said about like keep an eye out for the Steelers uh for Justin Fields which, when Adam Schefter says something, you know, regardless of your thoughts on him, and sometimes you can get a little too in the weeds, but generally, he obviously knows what's going on in league, right? Like, yeah. we know that about him. Another key thing, and we just talked about it a second ago, when it comes to, like, paying attention to who the Steelers are looking at, or who they're interested in, we know from that draft class, Mike Tomlin was very interested and very enamored, I would say, with, with Justin Fields. I think that was pretty clear from the way that he talked about him in the past, the way that... He was looking at him in the draft class. Obviously, he was going to go higher than we were taking, so like, he obviously probably didn't think it was mm-hmm. going to happen. But I think the op- the opportunity to get him now at a lower cost than it would have taken to get him back in the draft, I think it does interest him. Now, whether or not the front office agrees with that, whether or not he has enough, despite it being Mike Tomlin, whether he has enough pull to make, them make that trade, whatever it ends up being, that's what will remain to be seen. But I would be very surprised if they are not actively discussing that with the Bears as we speak.
0: Yeah, Shane, you talk about the poll that Mike Tomlin has. Let me fire off a couple of names for you. Miles Jack, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, Patrick Peterson, mm-hmm. William Jackson, Eric Ebron. These are all guys that Mike Tomlin was infatuated with yes. during the pre-draft process. And when they became available, Guess who got them. the price was <laughs> right enough for him. He right. went out and got every last one. Every yeah. last one proved to be a bad decision, but he did it nonetheless, Shane, he did because he, did. he liked them so much. And so mm-hmm. you, he, Tomlin has poll. There's no does, doubt in my mind he sure. has poll. He, he honestly, he now that Bill Belichick is gone, he probably has more pull, pull than any head coach in the NFL. And I don't think that, that that is a bold statement or anything that way. He's been here so long. He's got the track record. Uh, I think the Rooney's give him the flexibility to have his hand like in all these different baskets. And so mm-hmm. whether that's a good thing or not, and I think that it's not when yeah. it comes to the generally, philosophy side of it. Generally speaking, yes, I think. Most so, of the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that he has say in what happens here. And so you look at it, and you go back to the 2021 draft, it was easy to see the connection with Tomlin's. He was infatuated with him at Ohio Mm -hmm. state. There's video of it, even with his interaction with Justin fields. Uh, the likelihood of it, I don't know yet. Still. I think that's, I think the Steelers probably should be one of the highest teams yeah. when it comes to the odds. I don't know if they should be that high. I mean, that's like even odds. essentially. That's pretty, so that, that's pretty that, telling of what people think mm-hmm. around the league and what Vegas is hearing and what the betting sets are it, hearing. It is, and it makes me wonder like if Schefter and some of these other guys are hearing similar things, like the Steelers are going to make a hard push. And so that brings me to my next point here, Shane. What will the market look like for Fields? Because I feel like if we kind of go through some of these teams here, there are teams that we can rule out. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. But there's a lot of teams we can rule out. And so let's start with the top of the draft order here, Shane. Chicago Bears. Caleb Williams fell into the lap. I think you can pencil him in there Mm -hmm. uh, barring some like monster trade package or whatever. Or the the odd chance that they like one of the other quarterbacks better in this class, which I kind of doubt. Washington's picking number two. That desperate need for a quarterback. Patriots are number three. Desperate need for a quarterback. I would expect Drake May, maybe Jaden Daniels to go in those selections, maybe that chance of a JJ McCarthy. I'm hearing that NFL teams are much higher on him uh, than what the media is. And so that's, that's a a chance for that as well. Arizona's going to stick with Kyler Murray. I think since they missed out on those top three guys, Murray's got the big contract, go and get him a weapon. Uh, The chargers have Justin Herbert, the giants could use a quarterback. So does he fit? Is he a big enough upgrade? They're already paying a lot of money to Daniel Jones. Uh, Tennessee has Will Levis. Atlanta needs a quarterback, so there's an option right there, and that one that one was is one that makes sense. At least with Arthur Smith, uh, there was a lot of trade talks between Atlanta and Chicago last year about the acquisition potentially of Justin Fields. Uh, Bears have their own pick at pick nine, maybe go corner something like that. There, uh, the Jets have Aaron Rodgers, paying him a lot of money. Uh, the Vikings could potentially, depending on what happens, uh, at the, uh, decision, with with sure. Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's yeah. gonna. It's essentially Cousins' choice, and it, it, we'll see how much money he gets thrown at him. If it's not enough, he'll go back to Minnesota, my guess. Denver, potentially, but again, they just have made this massive trade for quarterbacks, spent so much money in draft capital. I don't know if they'd want to do any more of that again. They might stream a quarterback until uh, they draft one. So I, I feel like if you go down through the list, like there's there's the Raiders, potentially, but I think that they're kind of not in that state Uh They might want to do something a little bit more permanent there. So I I feel like when you go through all of these teams, Shane, and then some of the other ones that are coming right up on the list, like New Orleans, they have got Derek Carr paying him a bunch of money. They are going to look for a quarterback, but they probably won't want to pay two guys at the same time and give up the draft capital. Uh, Indianapolis just drafted their guy. Geno Smith is still in in Seattle. Trevor Lawrence is in Jacksonville. And, and, And so there aren't a lot of options. Like if you really go down through every single team, It's like the ones that desperately need a quarterback are probably going to draft one. And so that leaves the Steelers and really like how many other teams are going to be in strong contention to say, yes, Justin Fields is what we need with a strong defense to give us a push right now. That would be an upgrade uh, over what we have at the position. I just feel like there aren't a ton. For me, there's
1: three teams I'm looking at primarily for this. And one of the teams could jump in as well, and it's dependent on what they want to do at three, and that's the Patriots. They're the first domino where if they decide that they don't think that they have the situation in place for a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May mm-hmm. or whoever to come in and succeed immediately, right? Give Because right now that offense is just plain awful. They need so much talent there and they need so much help. Can you get enough of it while also using the third pick in the draft on a quarterback to make this guy successful early on? I think gerard mayo wants to hit the ground running as, as quickly as possible i think taking a rookie quarterback yeah inserting them into that situation unless they have a big offseason of being able to acquire weapons i don't think that rookie quarterback is going to start off his career very well what you could do if you're them is you just sit you take marvin harrison jr or you trade back and take another receiver or something like that make sure you hit on one of these top guys that everybody's pretty comfortable with and think they're going to be very yeah. good right get a true weapon and then maybe you do get a Fields to help bridge that gap because Mac Jones isn't it. Bailey Zappi isn't it. We know that Fields, mm-hmm. maybe he isn't it either, but I think he gives you a chance to win some games early on and get kind of things started and get that offense start to, to get humming again a little bit. Then you can look for a future quarterback if he ends up not being the guy, right? Like that's the first domino for me. If they do go quarterback, you go to Atlanta. Raheem Morris is the head coach there now. We think he's going to want a big defensive piece to kick things off. I think he's going to want to go an edge rusher most likely. I would say like Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, one of those guys. So pick at eight might not be a quarterback and there might not be one there anyway that they want to take. So that would require a trade-up. If you go get fields, you can have a quarterback that is at least a starting caliber player can help get the ball to these weapons a little bit better than Desmond Ritter did and gives you the added element with his legs, right? So Those are the two teams that Mm -hmm. I would look at most, and then you, of course, have the Steelers, right? I think we make the most sense from a like looking for an upgrade point. We won't have to give up too, too much. I don't think. I do think those other teams will be interested, but depending on what they want to do with their first round picks, I think will influence what they want to do at quarterback as well. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Like I think there's a reason why we're the favorites because one, we do have the need. Mike Tomlin liked Justin Fields a lot. He'd be a good schematic fit for this offense, for what you know, Arthur Smith does well. There's a reason why before Arthur Smith especially was fired, they were talking about, like, if he sticks around, Fields would make a lot of sense for that offense. For for me, those are the teams that you want to focus on.
0: Yeah, and I think – I agree with you. I think that Raheem Morris would love to be able to have uh, that type of quarterback in there in place. The Patriots, though, I feel like I, I can I, – I don't know. It would be hard for me if, if, if I was running the Patriots right now be really hard to say. Great quarterback class. How often am I picking top three? Right. I can get a Jaden Daniels with four years on a rookie contract and a fifth year option. Uh, I think that is way more attractive. And, and maybe it's sure. Daniels. Maybe May is still there. And so I is, feel like I, yeah. uh, I feel like they and knowing like their situation too, like they would have to already make this trade for Fields.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's the like, all right, what dealer. if the draft lines up? Where it's like, oh man, we we have a quarterback that we love here. which <laughs> just trade for Fields. So. I feel like uh, it's not hard to see why the Steelers have the best odds because I think there's really only a couple other teams in contention uh, that it would make sense to do. And so just looking at the Steelers stacking up against that, plus 100 odds for the Steelers, according to uh, NBC Sports Bet, plus 150 to stay on the Bears, plus 550 to go to Atlanta, plus 650 to go to New England, and plus 1,200 is the next highest team to go to Las Vegas. And so I – it's interesting. It's something that we can't ignore and we're not going to ignore it because there's so much connection here. And even, mm-hmm. even the biggest insiders are now uh, putting these pieces together. And so this is going to be a talking point. It's not going to go away no, until we until find out what the team bears are doing. Bears, yeah. Or until. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and they have a trade history too. I mean, it, the bears got home a, good time, but, a good but, one, but maybe it's a, it's a, the Steelers kind of Omar Khan returning the favor here. Say, Hey, we'll get you your second round pickbacks. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, it is interesting to know it, at least. And so uh, what will trade cost? I think this is what a lot of people are interested in to see what it's going to cost here. And obviously, uh, people are just out on this trade. If it's a first-round pick, you're out on it. I totally yeah. understand that. We've seen three years of fields. We have not seen the year-by-year progression like we would like to see. And it makes me a little bit nervous that he's not going to be that franchise guy because we haven't seen the big enough jump. But you're not getting a first-round pick for Justin Fields. I think the Bears understand that. I think other organizations already know that. Uh, In the latest projection uh, from Brad Spielberger uh, of Pro Football Focus, he said a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick, he believes, would get the job done for the Steelers. Shane, is that something that you would be on board with doing if that was the price tag? I think it's very tough because
1: if you look at the Steelers' biggest needs, right – it's tackle, corner, center, in some order, depending on how you feel about it. And then quarterback is in there, of course, too. But I think the ability to go tackle corner in this class in our first two picks is going to be very fruitful if you can do it, right? I think there's going to be at least one or two tackles left worthy of that pick at 20. And I think there's a really deep corner class where you can get a outside guy in the second round that can actually step in and play. And maybe a slot guy later on, or maybe you can focus on that in free agency. So giving up that second would put them in a bind where you would have to have a bigger free agency, in my opinion, to be able to come out of the draft, get into the season and and be ready to go at all the spots that you want to fill, right? So, but the question then too, like we've been talking about is like, are you going to go into the season with Kenny Pickett as a starting quarterback? (laughs) Because if you are, how much of it matters, right? Like we don't, we don't know at this point, like we, we know that we're capable of winning games with him at quarterback. That's not really the question. It's what is it, does it matter once we get to actually have to go play somebody who is a playoff caliber team, especially if it's probably going to be on the road in the mm-hmm. division we're in, right? We're, we're it's, winning this division is going to be very hard for a while, right? So you're yeah. probably going on the road to a team that has a better quarterback than you. And we just saw it in a Super Bowl where the Niners had multiple opportunities to to score, had multiple opportunities to get a lead and just kind of take care of things the best quarterback in the game, the team that had Patrick Mahomes ultimately won despite having a lot of advantages elsewhere on the roster because he can just do stuff that Brock Purdy can't. And it's not Brock Purdy's Mm -hmm. fault. It's not the Niners' fault. It's just how it works, right? And then when you have Kenny Pickett and you have to go up against Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes and Burrow when he's healthy, like you just – at some point, no matter how good your roster might be, no matter how good your defense might be, and we still have question marks there even – you need a quarterback that can do something beyond the confines of the offense, that can make something of themselves and of the play. Justin Fields has that capability. Now, he mm-hmm. hasn't done it enough consistently. He hasn't done it enough for me to say, okay, this guy is definitely like a bona fide top 15 guy even, right? But we all know that this offense would be significantly more fun to watch, if nothing else, and probably more productive with Fields under center than a picket or a Ryan Tannehill or whoever it is. So worth it. I think it just depends on what your plan is for him. Like, is it going to be to bring him in, give him the fifth year option, let him play out the next two years. And if he's good enough, you're probably going to have to pay him. Right. And that's where things get scary for me. It's not so much the first two seasons where you get to Mm -hmm. kind of let him play on a relatively cheap deal for a quarterback. It's what happens after that. Does he show you enough to get that second contract? Does he show you enough where you're kind of in between where like, we don't want to have to restart a quarterback because we're picking 22nd because, of course, we are, but we can't really pay him because then we can't afford Like mm-hmm. you, I feel like you could end up putting yourself into a different kind of purgatory, but purgatory nonetheless.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's what you have to weigh, Shane, right? Like, what are the options here? If not fields, you can't run it back with Kenny Pickett. In my opinion, I don't think that there's nearly enough firepower there. I know that there are still fans that disagree with me, but when you have 13 touchdowns, in yeah. 25 NFL games and a 78 pass rating in two years, like that's just not enough. And you you mentioned it. Like I think it can get the Steelers to the playoffs because it already happened essentially with Kenny Pickett and a combination of Tariski and Rudolph at the end of the season. <clears throat> but once you get into the postseason, is that going to be enough? I feel like Fields, if you were have the if you were to have the ability to be consistent enough for like a three to four game stretch, he has the big play making ability. The defense could be good enough. He could obviously run and move the ball uh, with his legs if he needs to. That is – a is it's intriguing to me at the very least, and, and I would not touch it with a first-round pick, but it becomes a lot more interesting. When we're talking a second and a fifth, yeah. maybe second and a fourth, something like that. If that's what it ends up being, Shane, I'm at least intrigued by the idea. Now, people will ask, well, it's not just that. You're going to have to turn around and pay him. Yes and no. I mean, you will, but you'll have a two-year sample – To to find out
1: if you want to do that.
0: Yeah. So essentially what it's going to be Shane is it's going to be like a two years for a grand total of like $25 million. And Joe, Joe, I just want to for a quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) Let's put it in perspective here. And so Daniel Jones making $40 million a year right now. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Justin Fields is a better quarterback (laughs) than Daniel Jones. And 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 you want to talk about bad contracts. I mean, Derek Carr making 37 and a half million in per year uh, value. Ryan Tannehill his contract was just voided, but 29 and a half million for an old Ryan Tannehill who they just drafted his replacement. Now that contract was given to him years ago, but it's like I mean, he was much better guys player, get so, paid. Yeah. I mean, these quarterbacks, if you are a somewhat competent quarterback, you get paid. Like, is it imagine? is it hard to imagine him playing much worse than the Brown sample that we've seen from Deshaun Watson, who is getting 46 million a year, Probably 100% not. fully guaranteed. And so when you p- compare it to, what other quarterbacks around the league are getting Shane? Knowing that you can get him two years for 25 million, it's actually pretty enticing. And I feel like, obviously, you're going to have to make a, a make a decision after that fifth year option. Going into that fifth year option, if he's played and shown enough, then you had to decide is he worth throwing a ton of money at. Uh, and if the the answer is no, well, what's the worst case scenario here? You get an upgrade over Kenny Pickett. You get him for two years if you if you decide on that fifth year option. And you do it at a reasonably cheap rate, so I. But at the cost of a second round pick and change, and so it's not the end of the world. It's not like you're you're mortgaging the whole future. This isn't like a
1: franchise altering move, regardless. Probably, like I think that, I think the problem is the upside is certainly there. The downside is there, but neither one to me are like this catastrophic up or down. Right? I think the upside is like. Maybe you get a more consistent version of Fields and he can be a consistent, like top 15 quarterback, which then again, a top 15 quarterback is essentially a $40 million man now, right? Like you're going to yeah. be paid $40 million if you're kind of consensus top 15. But the downside is obviously you give up a valuable pick that might end up that could have turned into something for your team and then he flames mm-hmm. out and then you don't have a quarterback still. Like that's the downside. But that's probably going to happen anyway, realistically. As much as I would love Kenny to figure it out all of a sudden and to show that he was a first-round pick for a reason, I can't bank on that, and I know you can't bank on that, and I don't think the Steelers can bank on that. right? Like No one can yeah. really sit here and say that right now. And you know, we had a couple of comments, actually, about the situation. So go mm-hmm. get Cousins. We're going to talk about other options here shortly, so we'll mention him for sure, uh, Eric, here. And then, of course, our friend uh, R. Barley18 here. Ah, uh, serious so inquired about Howell and Ritter both. I wish they would look into Hooker in Detroit. So I know that during the draft process they were looking at Howland Ritter. I'm sure just because they were looking at all the quarterbacks, but not interested in either of those at this point. And then Hendon Hooker, I didn't care for him coming out mostly because he played in about as fake of an offense as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's a great like sit still and just throw the ball to somebody player, but I don't think he does much else. Um, he said as well, you could get fills for 15, 17. I wish that'd be great.
0: Yeah, he's, he's
1: gonna make just, double that minimum, even if he's it, only okay. That's just the, that's the one, thing, it's just even if even
0: if. It. Yeah, even if he is only okay, we we know the going rates. We have them in front of us. We can see what other guys are making, and even like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's like a bottom of the barrel yeah. starting level quarterback, twenty four and a half million a year, and, yeah, and he, he gets, just it goes up all the time with each new contract. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't see him sure going, going for that. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then Phil's downside is better than Kenny's. That's totally you could definitely make that argument as far as what he's done, his downside. Yeah. better again I, again, I think the problem yeah. is not so much whether it's an upgrade. Like, we're not discussing that at this point. Mm-hmm. We know that at least as far as, you know, most people are concerned, this is, it's just, that's what it is, right? Like, the, he's an upgrade for sure, even if he's just what he's been. The question yeah. I think for a lot of people is, what could he be? And I think that's like, what would the expectations, and this is what we want to talk about too, like, mm-hmm. what would the expectations realistically be for Fields if he came here? And I know you wanted to talk about that.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's one scenario, and I only see one in which trading for Justin Fields would turn out to be worse than what you had in the last few right. years in Kenny Pickett, and that is the turnovers. And yes, I think that, that is an issue. Yeah. If, if the turnovers just absolutely crush you and you can't make it up for it defensively, like mm-hmm. he's had a bunch of fumbles in his career, he's had 30 interceptions. So, in that regard, he's not as clean as what Pickett is, no. but the playmaking ability is much, much higher. And I think that that's where. It, it, I think it would make up for itself. Now there might be a game or two where he has that like Trubisky level game where it's like, you don't throw a touchdown you throw three picks and you cost your team the game. Like I can mm-hmm. see a, a game or two like that happening, but at the same time, there are going to be other games where, where he goes out and, and he showcases his ability that uh, and the Steelers can score more than 17 points with him. I think in the lineup, theoretically now the bears obviously yeah. did not have a great offense either, but the Steelers are a better franchise. They're a more talented team overall. Uh, you can rely on your defense, which means that fields can just run the ball a lot. And, th- and even that would be a trait to have uh, pair that with a good running game that's already in Pittsburgh. And so there is some level of intrigue there for sure. So my expectations for fields would be, first of all, that the Steelers would be a comparable or better team than they were last year. I I, I don't see that scenario happening in the odd chance that they're worse and feel just throws a bunch of bunch of interceptions or whatever. He'll throw more. We'll just,
1: we'll or just the see the Kenny. Or if that that happens. Does, but.
0: You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll write the ship by yeah. doing that. If they had to, if it's that bad, they, they, they would. And I think that they would just admit defeat at that point. But uh, I, I do think that their team would be better now record wise, maybe a win better, maybe a playoff win better. Uh, I, I don't think it makes them super bowl contenders unless fields were to just like light it up in year four. So yeah. Keep that <laughs> right. fresh on a new, new organization. Uh, But the team should be better around him. The talent, hopefully the Steelers patch those holes in the offensive line, which again, people are going to say, well, if you give Kenny the opportunity with Arthur Smith, I just don't think I have never liked Kenny's traits. Like this is my problem from the beginning. I had Pickett as my 48th overall player in that draft. Now I might be very wrong on fields, but if I go back to my 2021 big board, fields is my second overall player behind Trevor Mm -hmm. Lawrence. I liked him a lot. Like he was, he was the highest dual threat quarterback to ever come out of college football, according to 24 seven sports. So, there was a lot of reason to like him. He has some, some Josh Allen-like tendencies to his game where he can throw tacklers off him in the backfield, scramble on for five seconds, and, and chuck the ball 65 yards and drop it in a bucket. He doesn't do it consistently enough. And if, you are, if we're able to be a little bit more consistent in that department, you have the big play and tools uh, to potentially make a playoff push and go toe-to-toe with some of these guys. Uh, if you were able to take a significant step forward, which again, the evidence shows that going from year three to year four, you're not going to take that jump that we we're hoping for. And so that is uh, that is the scenario that uh, is a little bit disheartening right there. But at the same time, I would expect the Steelers to be a better team. I would expect them to score more points per game. We'd probably m- move that that needle from the 17 point mark, maybe up to like 22 points a game, which for the Steelers If you're scoring 22 and you're only allowing 18 or 19, I mean, that's enough to make you a contender potentially right there, depending on how well you can perform in the postseason. So I do think that they take a significant step forward if they move uh, from Pickett to Justin Fields. What about you?
1: I think it's really tough because part of me wants to be realistic about it, and like you said, and just be like a jump in points, more effective offense, probably more turnovers, but you take those with more touchdowns. You take those with more opportunities to score, that type of thing. However, I will say the, the, the thing that really kind of makes it most interesting to me is I think of the offensive coordinators in the league that are not like the top-tier echelon ones, right, so not like the McVeighs of the world that are head coaches and Shanahans and Reeds yeah. and stuff, there's probably not a better schematic fit for Fields than what Arthur Smith wants to do because you think, one, the, the running game is a focus, so I'm sure he'd want to involve him in the running game. I'm sure he has the ability to do that. Even Ryan Tannehill sometimes did carry the ball in like a read-option scenario for him when he was off the corner, there, when he had more wheels to him. you know, Tannehill was a yeah. former formative, yeah. so he had some some athleticism. But like he did that stuff with him. I'm sure he could do the same thing with fields. Field scrambling ability, obviously, is part of it too. And he has a simplified passing game that, yes, isn't what we wanted coming to Pittsburgh. We wanted a more developed passing game. But a simplified passing game that has a lot of play action to it, a lot of heavy sets. You can throw the ball down the field with Fields very well. He does that very well amongst other things as a passer. It makes sense from a scheme fit too, and that's I think that's part of why the odds Mm -hmm. are so high for him because obviously Vegas is going to be looking at things like what would make the most sense for a team to do. Schematically, Fields is the best option that isn't going to be like a Cousins or someone like that that's just a better quarterback overall, right? He's the best option on the market for what the Steelers are trying to do offensively, minus maybe the turnover stuff. But I think in a Smith scheme, the turnovers probably aren't as much of an issue because he's not going to be forced into making Mm -hmm. decisions that maybe he just isn't good at. Like, he's not going to read the field very well, right? I just don't think that's ever going to be part of this game. But in Smith's offense, you don't have to do that all the time, right? It's not as much of a prerequisite to, to be successful, for him to be able to do those things. They're going to scheme Mm -hmm. stuff up for him. They're going to create open space. They're going to create play action opportunities. I think it would make a lot of sense from that point of view as well. And I think that the expectations should actually probably be a little bit higher than even what you were saying because of the scheme fit. Like if he comes in and only scores 22, 23 points a game with the talent we do have that we've accumulated, especially in the running game with, I think the offensive line should be much better, especially if we do use that first pick on, on attack or whoever it is. I would actually be pretty disappointed if we don't take a pretty significant
0: leap in, in scoring, especially. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, I I would expect so too. And I, I was erring on the side of caution because I know that the stewards, I mean, even you go back to Randy Fickner, there's a year they scored 26.6 points a game. And so I think there's potential to score higher than that. And so just looking on the, on the just the, the cautious side of things, I think that it would, at the very least, it is a significant step up from what the Steelers have right now, for sure. You have a chat you want to get to?
1: I was just throwing some up here about you he saying let's okay. not like act like Mooney and Herbert were a great supporting guy. Yeah, Mooney had a rough year, unfortunately. I really liked him for a while there. He's probably going to be going somewhere else and trying to rebuild his career. But yeah, I mean Fields, he had talent, especially this past year on his team. Just not a, I wasn't a cohesive unit ever with the Bears, right? They were never good at any one thing for long enough to get a great feel for him. I do still think a lot of his issues are his own. I do think there are legitimate concerns that we're going to be there regardless of the supporting cast. But I do think the Steelers will be better set up Mm. to allow him to succeed because of, one, the coaching that he'd be getting here, the offense system he would be in, all that stuff. So I will say, no, not going to be surprised if he ends up here, if he plays the best of his career. It'd be very surprising if you didn't. So,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And DJ Moore is no slouch, obviously. I mean, no, but yeah. number one, yeah, he but, was the reason but it he was had just,
1: a better passing year overall when he was out there. So,
0: I agree. And and so, I think this is a good segue to mm-hmm. talk about what are the better options out there. If not Fields, like let's weigh this compared to what could potentially happen. And let's we'll talk about Fields compared to some of the options. So, again, Fields versus Pickett. We both you and I said that obviously mm-hmm. Fields is going to give you the best chance. Uh, to not only make the playoffs, but potentially make a push if those are my two options. And I think that most would agree with us on that one. So let's weigh him compared to some of these others. The best free agent option out there, undeniably, is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, He he does not have any incentive to go back to Minnesota unless he just isn't getting the money he's looking for. I know that Mm -hmm. Minnesota is and has been willing to pay him a lot uh, on those franchise tags. And so... If he gets enough money thrown at him, he can sign with another team. Now, mm-hmm. again, he's at the stage of his career. Does he want to come to Pittsburgh when he's got a family? That kind of stuff. I mean, those are all things that that he would have to weigh. Uh, theoretically, though, if the Steelers were able to fork up enough and get enough uh, his salary cap space. And again, there's ways about doing this. It's not like the Steelers need $50 million in space this year. They could backload yeah. a contract. They could For add sure. on They board- can make board- multiple some- years. They they can make some yeah. fake contract off for sure, and, and I we fully expect them to do that. Like if they <laughs> if they, if did, if they yeah. were to get a Kirk Cousins, I would fully expect them to backload the contracts like oh, yeah. they always do, and tack on some voidable years to, mm-hmm. to extend out that cap hit. Uh, you could make a case, Shane, that maybe that is the best option because Cameron Hayward's going to be thirty five, T.J. Watt turns thirty uh during the season this year. Uh, this window is closing where they could have this elite defense potentially, and so. Uh, maybe that is the option to go and get an old guy, albeit coming off an Achilles injury, but one who has had a 100 plus pass rating three of the last four years and was on the pace for a, another solid uh statistical season again this year before before the injury. And so, um, that one would cost a lot of money. So it's it's different than Fields, like Fields is a lot cheaper financially, like I said, two mm-hmm. years, 25 million roughly, even in fact, in fact, you would in have the draft pay. assets, but still, yeah, yeah, and the draft assets, I feel like may i mean overall just overall the package with fields is still cheaper it is because a a second and a day three pick with some money is not nearly as much as is handing out like 50 million a year right that's going to be and he's going to want a lot of that guaranteed and so Mm -hmm. uh, that one is going to be it's going to be hard to attain that one i do think now i'll ask you shane is that a better option does it make the steelers a better team right now than fields
1: yeah, because Cousins is a proven commodity mm. for sure. Like we you know what you're getting out of him, assuming his Achilles feels good and he's like I don't think I saw no drop off from him as a, as a thrower of the football last year. You know, as long as again if he's healthy, I have no doubt that he's the best available quarterback option, right? Now, I will say with our offensive line, if we can't solve the tackle situation opposite of Roger Jones or if Roger Jones doesn't take a leap or if mm. we can't solve the center problem, my biggest gripe when Kirk Cousins was signed to the Vikings was not so much whether I thought Kirk was a good player or even necessarily worth the money, although especially nowadays, like the money doesn't matter with quarterbacks. It's just you think they're good. If they're good, then whatever you're paying them is probably fine. Like that's just kind of what it is, unfortunately.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McKrispie Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
1: I, my concern was I didn't think they had the setup necessary to get him to the playoffs and succeed into them, like succeed late into them. The reason he was signed was because Case Keenum got them all the way to the title game, and he couldn't get it done, and they wanted an upgrade over that situation. And they never made it that far again, because not because Cousins isn't better than Case Keenum, especially now, but was at the time. It's because they just didn't have an offensive line to protect him. Keenum had that escape ability, that mobility, the ability to make plays in the run. Kirk just doesn't really do that. And it's not his game, and he's been very successful without that. But you have to be able to protect him. It's the same thing with Jared Goff in Detroit, right? They have this awesome offensive line now. They have all these weapons. His biggest weakness as a player is much more of a non-factor for them than it was for even the Rams. It is for some other teams that have those types of quarterbacks yeah, because they, they knew that. They understood, okay, we have to build this team a certain way because of who our quarterback is. And it worked mm-hmm. out for them. They got play the title game this year, and they're going to probably be in contention for a while now, even with Goff. with cousins. I don't know if we can do that fast enough. Like, it, are we going to be ready to create that environment for him? Because if not, especially now with an Achilles injury, where he's probably going to lose even a little bit of his mobility. He had, is he going to be able to stay upright enough to make the impact that he should?
0: I think that's an incredibly fair point because the Steelers do have <clears throat> two gaping holes on their offensive line in knowing that cousin's, had no built no mobility to begin with. Like it's, it's not yeah, gonna get it's any not better. Gonna, it's not getting better at this stage of your so, career. So case, the so. question always comes. And I think this is, this has always been the case with cousins is when you get into the postseason, can you go toe to toe with the best in the business, knowing that an entire element of your game is missing with that uh, mobility factor of the ability mm-hmm. to extend the play now within the pocket within timing, not I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah, out not, there many, not
1: many better just sitting in the pocket.
0: So it, it would, it would yeah. just be about can the Steelers offer him that protection and can you pair him with a good enough defense uh, to potentially get over that hump? Like if you were to get matched up in back-to-back weeks in the playoff against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, can you do it twice in a row? Like that would be the question uh, when it comes to him. But I, I think both you and I would agree we would take that fields, it just comes down to the finances there with the Steelers yes. be willing to do something like that yeah. so now if we move on to these other free agent op- options though Shane here's the list based on uh their their yearly values um on their their the most recent contracts of these guys hitting the market now Ryan Tannehill Jacoby Brissett I think those are both guys that are in play they would fit what Arthur Smith likes to do uh they both have plenty of experience um and then you go look Mitchell Trubisky not coming back just got rid of him Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, CM Darnold, still young, makes some bad decisions with the football. Uh, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield is going back. So that one's not an option. Uh, he's going to get paid a lot of money too. drew lock. Uh, Gardner Minshew is one that would be interesting, but again, it's like, how much do you have to pay for that? And is it a big enough upgrade over Kenny Pickett? Uh, it was was it more Shane Steichen? I think that Minshew has been a solid player. Like as There's the no, backup, Minshew
1: like, is really, he's he's like the thirty third best quarterback in the NFL.
0: That's how we you know I mean? I've always felt like, about he, him. As well, he's yeah.
1: he's technically starting caliber, in my mm-hmm. opinion. If you want to think about it too hard, but you don't want him to be your starter if you can avoid it. Yeah, right? like that's kind of where I'm at with him. But
0: yeah, and I mean, you go down the list. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's retired now, isn't he? Yes, he retired. He just retired. So I. Uh, Tyler Huntley, we've seen enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> jo- Joe Flacco, uh, forty years <coughs> old next year, hey,
1: just make the so, rounds
0: in the AFC North now that you're 39. Make the round. Ra- I, mean, I just it, and and I just feel like the further you go down the list, like these are like they're really more of QB three options, like you bring yeah. Josh Dobbs back, that kind of thing. So the options are very slim. Now you can look at yeah. the draft side of things. Shane, mm-hmm. would you be willing to move up in the draft? So let's say theoretically that second and fifth that you would spend. Uh, to get a Justin Fields trade, maybe you package that with your first round pick. Is it is that worth the McCarthy? Is that worth <laughs> potentially? Let let's let's say Drake May falls to like seven or eight, like slides uh, crazy, a little bit in the draft. But yeah. Would you give up two first round picks? Is giving up two first round picks for May, two first and a third, whatever, is that better than a second and a fifth for, for Fields? I think so.
1: I did see some conversation about depending on where the league falls on Daniels, if he were to make it past three. Uh-huh. That is an interesting thing because I think Daniels would also be a great fit in this offense, especially yeah. because even though I think he's a better, in my opinion, I think he's a better prospect than Fields even was, honestly. Like that's where I'm at. He's my yeah, QB, he's fair. my QB too, right mm-hmm. now. So for me, yeah. I would do it for him. Even May, like I, the thing with May that worries me a little bit is there's a little bit of like this. Not Trubisky by any means, because I don't want to make the North Carolina comparison. But when I watched him, there's a couple times where he did not see that middle level of the field. Like defenders in that area just were blind to him and he threw to to guys that were not open, Mm -hmm. right? They just straight up were not open because of a of an underneath defender. That type of stuff worries me, especially when we're talking about a guy that is a taller quarterback that should be able to see those things, it should be able to ID guys underneath. I worry a little bit about that early on. Like, I'm sure you can kind of get coached up on that stuff. But on this team, if you're turning the ball over and you're not creating enough big plays, like, that could get ugly pretty quickly. But if a quarterback of the t- – if one of the top three falls far enough, it absolutely makes more sense to do that than try yeah. to trade for Phils Because, again, you're getting a rookie contract, a fifth-year option, a guy that probably all three of these guys are, are at least on par, if not better, than him as prospects, like as he was as a prospect. So, you're getting similar value talent wise for a much cheaper cost. Like, of course, the mm-hmm. same reason the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams is because they have the first overall pick. And even if they think Fields is a good player, if they don't think he's going to be a great player, then why are you sitting here doing this anymore? Right. Like, that's why he's yeah. probably going to be available. So, I do, of course, think you should do that if you can. And I think the other backups, mm-hmm. like, Tannehill just I just think he's washed at this point unfortunately for him like he'd be a good guy to bring in for a little while just to, for the offense's sake like because he knows it but he shouldn't be playing in my opinion mm-hmm. um Jacoby Brissett's probably yep. a better player than Pickett but I don't really care because he's in his 30s and doesn't have any upside. yeah there's just
0: no upside with those either yeah of those guys. like
1: to Ron Taylor I would love to be a Steeler just because I like him personally but And also, if you were to draft like a a rookie quarterback in like the mid rounds, he probably would end up getting hurt, and then the rookie would come in and be great because that's what happens to him everywhere he goes. Um, So, like, Mm -hmm. even like we even had a mini version of that with Tommy DeVito of all people had a little bit of a run after Tyrod got hurt because he had to come in for Daniel Jones. Like that stuff happens to him. So maybe just if you want to get some luck, maybe bring him in and hope he gets hurt or something. But Outside of those guys, like the rest mm-hmm. of the veterans just aren't either not as good as Pickett, in my opinion, or aren't enough of an upgrade for it to matter even for a year.
0: Yeah. And for any fans out there saying, oh, the Steelers just drafted a first round quarterback, you can't afford to go up and do that. I'm like, there's nothing more important, first of all. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't compete. Secondly, this team was willing to trade a first, second, a third in 2019 to go up and get a five foot 11 linebacker with one year <laughs> yeah. of experience at a position that is not valued in today's NFL. And so if you're willing to spend that much capital to go get a player you like, you better be willing to do double that to go get a quarterback. Yeah. Well, like, admittedly, oh,
1: Con probably wouldn't have done that if he was in charge at the time, I would assume. But still, he, he knows that we've done this for less valuable pro- pieces.
0: Probably before. not. I'm, I'm so sick of like the short-sighted drafting stuff that just made me want to pull uh, my Kevin hair Kevin Colbert out came stuff. out today and said that he like
1: was mad about analytics guys and the organization. like, of course you were mad I, about it. I saw it. that. That's
0: <laughs> it, it, it irks me because like those last six years of Kevin Colbert were so yeah. bad. Like with the exception of of some of the picks in the twenty seventeen class, obviously you got TJ there, but the since that point it was awful, and so I feel like it, everything that they did was just that's a topic for a different day. Yeah, I don't want to go down that up. rabbit hole right now. Yeah, I'll just keep ranting on about that. But and so I feel like the one other area uh, we can weigh this against Fields Shane would be. Um, so I think both you and I would like the, the Kirk cousins thing. We would like the Jaden Daniels, Drake may hypothetically, like hypothetically, if they f- yeah. fell far enough. We would give up yeah. more draft capital to do that than we would yes. trade for fields. Obviously, yes. uh, the, the last one that I think is on the table here, uh, would be day two pick this year, Yes, like weighing fields against maybe a Michael Penix in the second round, maybe a Spencer Rattler in the third round. And so. It, would you rather have one of those guys on a rookie deal completely unproven to see what they are, having the, the the mystery element behind it, knowing that they don't have to come in right away? Maybe that's part of the problem, though. Uh, or would you rather go out and get Justin Fields with that capital?
1: I mean, if we're just talking about when potential you, you do fields, I think Penix for me, I ended up with a second, third round grade on him because mm-hmm. of the combination of medicals and just I don't think he can extend yeah. plays at all. Like I legitimately think that question, if the play sure. breaks down, it's over for him. And in the NFL, when you cannot do that, like when, I, when you don't show me any real ability to escape a bad play in some way, shape or form, whether it's your pocket presence or your, your ability to scramble or to move, I have a hard time thinking you're going to last long. And even if you can, it's going to take a very specific situation, which I just don't think the Steelers have. It's kind of the same reason why Cousins, although he'd be the best option, might not be what we want him to be because of the situation. And then Rattler, if you take a flyer on him in the third or fourth, I think that's fine, but I think that should be in combination with upgrading with either Fields or someone else, because mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be the, the guy necessarily. So,
0: yeah, I I think that makes sense at all. And it's it's like it, I would have liked to see like another Quint Ewers or somebody in this draft. There's more chances to throw darts at a, a day two quarterback potentially. Uh, so the options are are relatively limited there, and it might not be anything that helps you right now, and that's kind of the problem the Steelers are facing. Like they need an upgrade now like you don't want to waste any more of this that's the issue this tj watt window yeah, you and don't so, have many
1: years to play um, around like you have to, whatever you do a quarterback should be with not necessarily with the future in mind unless it's a rookie yeah. that is good enough to also help you now right like if it's one of those yeah. that's fine but it, it can't be like
0: this in between type of deal exactly and i i think we're gonna have uh lots of time we'll touch on the quarterback situation yeah. a lot more because again this is the biggest Topic for the Steelers going into this off season. There's nothing more important uh, than the quarterback position. And so we'll see if they get that figured out and what they decide to do there. All right. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you would like to support the still curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the still curtain podcast on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate your support. We're almost to uh, that 500 mark. Almost there, please. Uh, If if you're listening and you're enjoying, please tell your friends about it. Uh, We'd love to bring you as much content as possible, multiple shows a week, ideally. Uh, So, Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you are here joining us in the live chat today, uh, drop your questions for us that you might have. I know we we might run a little bit of a longer show, uh, but we'll touch on this last topic really quickly here, Shane, because we did spend so much time on fields today Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see what happens because I would almost expect that by next week we would hear about some more roster moves, just knowing Mm -hmm. how aggressive uh, the Steelers are being early in this process. Yeah. Already releasing Trubisky. Uh, Chukwuma Okor- Okorafor and Presley Harvin the third. So now my question, Shane, is which players could be released, restructured, extended, and, and when can we start hearing about these things? Like, what do you think is the next wave of roster moves to come for the Steelers? I,
1: I think the next one that would make the most sense is on Robinson because he's the easiest, like, no brainer, got to be off the team move that you can make, right? And again, like, we kind of knew that Robinson was probably kind of done. Like we just knew that, but you can save like ten million against the cap by by releasing mm-hmm. them, like, and it just makes too much sense that that move should get us under the cap at that point. I think from what we've done so far, and then after that, if it's if not, it's gonna be close, and then you can start working on some other stuff. So he's definitely the first one. I think the next guy you look at, just because one, the emergence of Keanu Benton, and probably gonna have some options um, on the in the free, in free agency or even later in the draft. Ogun Joby just did not; he wasn't worth his money. Last year, right? Like it's just plain simple. It's too bad. I thought his first year in Pittsburgh was okay, at least good enough to be like, I understand bringing him back when you're trying to to go on a run and everything. I just I think that getting him off the team, even if you do have to take a bit of a cap hit and a bit of a dead cap hit, I think his dead cap would be about seven million, but I think you could save um, a few million off that Mm -hmm. as well. So, like, that would save you a little bit of money and get you out of that contract. Uh, those are the two that come to mind, the, like immediately. Peterson is is a is a weird one because like if he's going to play some safety for us, if he's going to move around and not have to play outside, I could see him bringing value still. But that is really dependent on what we do in free agency and the draft. If you can replace his his role without you know really mm-hmm. spending money on it, then I do think he should be a cut candidate as well. Um, Restructure wise, like you can always move money around, like Cam's contract, I think. Is one that they're going to have to do something with a little bit just to save themselves. Yeah. money. I know he said he's not going to take like a pay cut. I don't blame him; he's earned his money. But doing something with the deal to make it a little bit more palatable, I think, is definitely going to have to happen mm-hmm. too.
0: Yeah, Cam and Minka—they they both have cap numbers of yes. over 21 million. Yeah, Minka there. can That's... definitely
1: get some money moved around too, for sure. I,
0: and I know that I, I know that Minka is still awesome, and, and he yeah. had the two big injuries last year. That's a lot of money for a safety. In a safety in today's game, the quick passing game where their impact is more minimal than it has been Especially a guy that's lifetime essentially.
1: Yeah, that is so like his value is so based on his ability to be a middle of the field deep safety. Like his best his best football has been played when he can just roam the middle of the field, take away deep shots, intercept the football, Mm -hmm. make plays on the ball. And he'll do that still if we give him the opportunity. I think last year we just didn't really have the ability to do that for him even when he was healthy. But, again, like now that we are getting more and more away from downfield passing game and, st- and, and you know, straight shots down the middle of the field, big mm-hmm. first, and Like those places aren't as common anymore because teams know, like, it's just easier to throw the short game. Th- I mean, look at Patrick yeah. Holmes, right? Like when he had Tyreek Hill and all those guys, like yeah, he was bombing it because he could. Defense is adjusted. You saw a lot more quarters. You saw a lot more like too high. Like it just, once that happened, he's like, all right, fine, I'll pick you apart underneath. And more and more, even elite quarterbacks are doing that because it just, it's easier to do that.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't make Minka any worse of a player. No, It just neutralizes his impact a little as bit. Much, so. As much
1: as it could be, for
0: sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely see them doing a restructure with Minka, pushing some of that money back. Mm-hmm. For Cam, I think maybe an extension to take him through the rest of his yeah, career. Yeah, whether it's attack like a on Voidable void Years, or, maybe. Yeah, I, like I'm not that. a fan of the Voidable Years, honestly. you yeah, can like- avoid it for sure, but. It, because everybody says, well, the salary cap is a myth. Well, you're going to be eating that for several That's years. That's The Saints future. if it's a myth because they're commi- they committed to Derek exactly. Carr for two years, basically by default, mm-hmm. because of what they had to do with their game. Well, and it's not only that, it's I, I think if used properly and at the right time, it's for great. example, like the, the Rams a few years back, like you want to attack unvoidable years when you have a legitimate championship window, mm-hmm. you've got a top seven or eight quarterback, all that all that kind of stuff. I'm good with that. But for when sure. you naively do it, thinking that you're a championship team and you are not, that's yeah. when I, I I draw the line to say, OK, let's not make these these uh, decisions that are going to hurt us in the future uh, for yeah. some for, for <laughs> a naive chance right now uh, to, to go all the way. And so, I mean, it's a fine line there. Uh, you talked about Ogunjobi. Uh, yeah, only 6.2 million in cap savings, but I would do it anyway because it's yeah, not very just, good.
1: It's just he's not a valuable so, defender right no, now. No, he, he hasn't been half elsewhere. the player
0: the Steelers were hoping to get yeah. in terms of his pass rush ability, just overall play. Like, I think that he's been pretty underwhelming. He gets easily in the run game. <laughs> I might take Watts. I mean, straight up honestly. I think that Watts on you a person that be basis better. was yeah. <laughs> just a better player last year. Yeah, now the other back. interesting thing you can do with Oganjobi, you can designate him a post-June first guest. Yes, you could. And yeah. so by doing that, you can say 9.75 million, which is uh, a bigger it's, chunk there yeah. it's just do you want to to wait for that that right it's like do you
1: need that, that extra couple million now enou- enough to do it right away in France or can you wait
0: and save more money down the road? And they it's might sure. and they've always been kind of impatient that yeah way, so. they are they are uh the, the alan robinson one is the easiest one and it, for I, sure I can- <laughs> The easiest of all of them, even the three cuts yeah. that were already made, he's easy Might be the easiest pieces. cut in
1: the league, unfortunately for it, him.
0: Eleven point eight three million dollar cap to save ten million instantly for a guy who was just. Not good last year. I don't care how sure-handed the guy is. Glorified you know, back at times. You can't run after the catch. And I think it was 4.7 yards per target. Like you are Something better like off dumping the ball to a backup running back out of the backfield. So yeah. it, it just was not efficient at all. He's got to be gone. And and, it, and I'm kind of curious as to why they didn't cut him already in that first wave. Is it just I don't, I don't know. Like and especially mm-hmm. like if they want to do the due diligence to a veteran. Like oh, go ahead and scour the market. Whatever. Are they thinking about bringing him back? Like, Listen, are they thinking about I, cutting him and saying we're going to cut you and re-sign the, you at a cheap deal or something? The only thing
1: I'll say is that because it's Arthur Smith's offense, that he he was a glorified fullback at times for us, right? Hmm. Like they kind of used him as the lead blocker in some scenarios, and I wonder if maybe Arthur was like, Oh, well, hold on a minute, this guy might be good for doing this." Like, that's great, Arthur. You can yeah, you could get Jawan Jennings for probably less than ten million dollars. <laughs> no no offense like he's a really good player but he he's not a like receiver receiver in the sense he's not gonna catch 60 balls and and so like but he's really good at what he does so you could probably just take that money and give it to him i'd rather you do that like so i just i hope that's not the case but that there's a little bit of me that's like yeah "Ah, the the cap
0: number is insane shane they're not going to go if they bring him back they're going to cut him essentially and then resign
1: yeah it would have to reset. be some sort of yeah
0: you can't bring him back with an 11.8 million dollar cap hit for a bad football player so but yeah I, it does scare me a little bit like yeah, little yeah. bit, i like you as yeah. a blocker <laughs> so it's a great you're awesome not say, yeah. right. there are options do you know, out work there work them, to, yeah, uh, do
1: that.
0: Yeah. no i i think that those those are the big ones we'll touch on those i think Maybe an, an outside chance that Mason Cole, although I can see them yeah. liking him as like a, a backup, like a swing. That's, interior that's the thing is like,
1: are they willing to just so. let him stay on the roster to be like the emergent, like the safety net in case like they mm-hmm. can't get another center or the center they draft if they draft one just isn't ready or injury, whatever like that. That's still probably more likely to me just because his number yeah. isn't egregiously bad. If it was like nine, 10 million for sure, he's gone. But because it's not like mm-hmm. I, I think it's totally possible he's on the roster to start the year.
0: Yeah, I think that it is uh, as well. And thank goodness that Levi Wallace's contract has expired. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was a that was a fun experiment. Didn't didn't end very well. So. No, no. Uh, no I w-
1: good good job as an undrafted free agent. But get out of here.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. He's he's had a, he's had a great career as an undrafted free agent, but sure, it did not sure. go swimmingly for the Steelers this past yeah. year. Uh, I think that's probably a long enough show. Anything else you want to get to today? No, show? we
1: we'll have we'll have more to talk. about. hopefully next week we'll start hearing some more stuff. Combine's going to be uh, ramping up here soon. The list came yep. out. we be looking at that, and we're going to talk about some some guys next week. Hopefully yeah. on our uh, Tuesday show, which I do want to do next week, uh, talking about some guys to watch out for once we get to that combine as well. So,
0: all right, that sounds good. Then uh, we go live. Uh, every Wednesday on YouTube at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're also often live Tuesdays on Tuesday yes. show and the, the show that Shane hosts. Uh, thank you for joining us today on the show. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. And thanks again for listening to the Still Curtain podcast.